as humans and as individuals, there's no way we're going to outsmart the planet. So there's no way we're going to outsmart the planet. There are bigger forces out there um, which will take their course. So in that same way, even if we're in a tricky position, we can find ways out of that tricky position to bring hope and to bring some optimism and hopefully to rectify certain things. As a musician, that's what I would say I'm fundamentally, is to then go and find out where these things are and then to try and bring them to people to say, oh, well, look, here's a bunch of Lewisham residents who say the, the refrain is do we really care yeah do we really care yeah because we'll fight for our air so people in Lewisham do care about the quality of the air that they're breathing in all of the time so that was one thing to say okay this is I'm providing a frame which is a music video and a song as opposed to saying leave your job, leave everything, your family, go stand in line, sign a petition, go to your counsellors who might not necessarily listen whereas if they see a music video and you can see there's black people, there's um, South Asian people, there's Southeast Asian people, there's East Asian people, there's all of these, there's Turkish people, there's European people, there's British people, there's all of these different people in the community saying actually we do care about this issue. You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast with me, Dan Burgess. The story of Spaceship Earth is simple. We live on a life-giving rock called Earth, hurtling through space. Like a spaceship, we have a finite amount of supplies with an intelligent operating system called Nature, which keeps everything replenished as long as we all respect it and participate wisely. So a deep relationship with this mysterious system, along with spontaneous cooperation between humans and all life, is essential to keep us thriving and the spaceship flying. In this podcast, I'm in conversation with folk involved in regenerating life, shifting consciousness and reimagining how we can live more beautifully and peacefully. I talk with artists, writers, activists, designers, adventurers, healers, farmers, creative mavericks and more. Their stories invite us to participate in the co-creation of life-sustaining cultures. In service to life, becoming crew on Spaceship Earth. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is Dan. Lovely of you to tune in and I hope this finds you calm i think calm is is uh, is uh, is an all right place to be in these times so i hope this finds you calm in this episode i am in conversation with love sega now sega is a performing music artist and well he's a multidisciplinary artist from south london his music led work has been performed at London's National Gallery, uh, at the Serpentine Pavilion. He's had visual art exhibited at New York's MoMA. His use of art and culture to promote climate awareness saw him invited to host at the UN's COP26 and feature at the New York Times Climate Forward. And here's a fact, Love Sega was the original frontman songwriter of a Grammy-winning Clean Bandit. And he's now artist in residence for Royal Festival Hall's Philharmonia Orchestra. He's a trustee of uh, Brian Eno-led climate music charity Earth Percent, 
who we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, and Arts Foundation Music for Change Fellow 2022. Sega is uh, he's weaving extraordinary magic through his actions and work. He's exploring climate justice, social justice, air pollution, social housing, so much more through this kind of weave, this blend of music, performance, collaboration, co-creation with communities, with galleries, with poets, with orchestras, and so much more. He's bringing voices and people into the mix through his art who often are those who've been most marginalised and are suffering the most from the structures and systems of modernity. We explored the question, what does it mean to be an artist, a musician in a time of planetary crises? And we journeyed through some of his amazing projects and riffed on many threads. Sega is an incredible human. His energy, creativity and humility is awesome. And I love chatting to him. So check out Sega's music and projects. You'll be delighted that you did. I really hope you enjoy this episode. This is the Spaceship Earth podcast with Love Sega. You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast with my dad, Dan Burgess. Sega, welcome to the Spaceship Earth podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Good to be here. Good to be here in person as well. Yeah, which is fantastic. In, uh, in, the, in, the, in the big smoke, which I haven't been up to for a while. Yeah. Yeah. This is your, well, this is your, your manor, not exactly here. Yeah, yeah, not here. I'm on the other side, yeah. um, but it's a big, a big place. It is. Mate. It is. <laughs> I wish I'd escaped to the country like you. That's that. That would be my dream. Yeah. I know. I was. I was a. I was a North London uh, lad for a long, long time. I was up in Haringey for years. Yep. How are you arriving today? Like, how how, how are things for you <laughs> in this moment? I think at this moment in time, things are exciting. I think that's the main thing. It's exciting. And I hate it when people say they're busy, but things are busy. There are lots of things, which is exciting because it shows people are paying attention. And then also, especially now, before when I was just doing pop music, just performing by myself and with my band, that's a very solo, selfish, very you know, indulgent thing which i didn't i did love i really did love but then now if i'm doing work where i'm collaborating with more people then you can see the bigger opportunities i get the bigger the platforms and the more opportunities there are to take other people into these spaces Mm. and that's the really exciting thing so that's the cool thing on that side um and then on the other side there's a lot of work we sort of need to do and it's the realization of that Mm. and fortunately for myself I'm not really the sort of person to get too bogged down. I think a lot of people, they say, oh, I can't imagine you angry. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> ask my mum. So I think that, but luckily I don't get sort of depressed or depressive because there's always another way. And then I also believe that as humans and as individuals, there's no way we're going to outsmart the planet. So there's no way we're going to outsmart the planet. There are bigger forces out there um, which will take their course. So in a way, in that same way, even if we're in a tricky position, um, we can find ways out of that tricky position to bring hope and to bring some optimism and hopefully to rectify certain things. Yeah, gosh, 
Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive into a lot of this, right, yeah. <laughs> which is gonna be great. Started off light, didn't and, I? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I, and I love that because I think it's this again. It's this this weaving between the kind of micro, like what's happening with us in our lives, right in front of us, and then this sort of zooming out to like we're part of this bigger story that's or whatever you want to call it. It's this this happening that's unfolding, and so it's sort of dancing between these these different levels of of. Of, I guess a different view or a different experience of what is actually might be might be happening. But um, yeah. what what I was I mean, there's there's a lot I'd love to I'd love to sort of um, explore with you. And and I guess maybe there's a question that um, that might sort of frame a little bit of this hour we've got together. Um, and we're probably going to need to go back, or you're going to probably need to go back to start us off on this. But I'm really um, you know. You're someone who is uh, an artist. You've got lots of different disciplines. I think you know, from music to performance, all kinds of work, which we'll get into. Um, but you're what I see is hopefully, hopefully not, not rare anymore. I hope that I hope we see sort of artists everywhere piling in. But you know, you you have entangled your work with this, with all these other dimensions of of these big issues that we're seeing around us, whether it's climate breakdown whether it's social justice all these intersectional links that i know are a part of your work and what i what i'm really fascinated in these times is more and more um people are kind of stepping into these to this complexity and and not moving away from the you know the uncomfortable difficult problems that we're that we're in but sort of weaving their own gift into that space and um you know and so i'm really and we're, we this is what we explore a lot on this podcast is is what 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 is it for people to what is it even to be a profession in these times you know um you know we had a chat didn't we before the start about a, a mutual friend paul powsland who's you know well by the time this comes out it would have been the last episode but um but you know as a, you know him as a lawyer sort of like you know it's a question that he explores what does it actually mean to be a lawyer in a time of yeah. climate and ecological breakdown for example and that to me seems something that is very alive for you and it must be because of the direction that you're traveling in. So I wondered if we could maybe sort of have that in our heads as we're sort of navigating this hour, but also how you evolve. Because, I mean, you, you know, you were, you were fr- front man for a, a fairly uh, major uh, musical outfit, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, and, and you've done a lot of stuff which we'll, which we'll go into. But could you give us a sense of like, you know, some of the seeds that have sort of, you know, been planted that have made you sort of travel down this pathway that you're on. If we go back yeah, a little bit to your... Definitely. Is that all right? Yeah, definitely. Because um, I think that's... It's it's good to su- it's good to summarise things and to show people because um, I'm definitely a person to try and be open and show my path so then other people don't have to go through the same stru- struggles. And it is that thing where I do find in a very strange way now because of how different um, entertainment, music, and the arts, how it's so commercialized. Uh, so that's what's taken over. Whereas before you could have your commercial arm and then you could have another arm. And even if we look at something, let's say poetry, you could have Benjamin Zephaniah and Benjamin Zephaniah could just be a poet or Lem Cisse could just be a poet. And that's, they didn't have to be a poet and then a barista on the side and then three other different jobs. So it's these things where you could just be an artist, but now it's all skewed towards a commercial thing. So as a society, we're only going to see so much. Um, and I, somebody also told me, it's always good to, even when you're doing lots of, good, lots of different things, it's always good to 
at least say, what are you? So people know. So for me, I would say I'm a musician because that's how I started off. Started off a pop musician um, with band Clean Bandit and then I left and then they got signed. <laughs> the, <laughs> Which is fantastic. The, uni- um, the universe is doing something there. I'm sure. I'm sure, right, I'm sure right, it'll make sense. Right. So, but I didn't study music. I studied engineering. So I left to do a PhD in engineering and chemical engineering. So, um, but then when that finished, then when the label wanted to release some of the songs which I've written. So I went back and then started performing. And then that's where I got my footing into performing with the, with the, um, with the band. And I use that as sort of like an apprenticeship. So it was an amazing apprenticeship because something you've written in student bedroom um, then ends up playing in, um, playing in Glastonbury on the other stage, 45,000 people. And I'm just <laughs> looking over to Jack Patterson being like, Jack, we did this. Then after that, I was like, okay, I, I'm definitely not doing any more performances with the band. It's like, <laughs> we've done it. That's all. That's all that can, that can happen. Then I had a, a solo career. And it's through that solo career that then I started to find my voice where I always loved, even when you look at hip hop, I loved hip hop. Um, and you had different types of hip hop. So you had, um, you had like Goody Mog, you had Dead Prayers talking about eating healthy and veganism and all these other different things. You had... Um, Erica Badu, even on the more R&B side, but then again, that Afrofuturism, Afrocentrism centered in the earth and all of these different um, stories. And you have all these different movements and there's different, um, yeah, there are other people who put social stuff into their, into their um, work, even if it's NWA, where you're talking about police brutality. That's the thing we're still dealing with with Black Lives Matter. And they were doing, they were talking about that stuff quite bluntly. But so for myself, I always, I've always loved layered music. Um, then, but then the challenge is not to sound preachy to other people. So it was always sort of hidden in my music. Maybe I wasn't brave enough um, to do it. And, um, but then in the pandemic, when just like every other art form, I lost all of my work touring performing. So then as a musician, then you're like, okay, as you were saying, like, what does it mean to be a profession? So then it's, what does it mean to be sitting at home like everybody else unemployed? And then we have to rely on the state, which in the capitalist thing is the evil thing. But now you have to rely on the state. Um, so then I, there was the only one opportunity I got was from Julie's Bicycle and Arts Admin Season for Change to make, um, to make a song. They wanted to go to a marginalized, uh, any marginalized group or community or artist in the broadest sense for them to have an artistic response to climate change to then that to come into the climate movement to then to showcase before um un cop 26 in glasgow at the what was going to be the end of the year and uh, so i thought okay this is the first time i've toured and performed in many different places but this was the first time of then returning to um lewisham my borough in southeast london and being okay can i make any music for or about people directly in my community, somewhere where I had grown up. Was that the invitation? The sort of was that the, the sort of invitation was just um, okay. We're gonna we want someone from a marginalized group, whether it's from so my family being from um, Uganda. So I'm a black man. If people haven't seen my photos or anything like that, um, so yeah. Or it could have been, and then the other um, artist at the one, we had an artist from the Roma community who was then trying to um, do books to take to Roma school children to talk about recycling. Then we had um, another artist who is of um, Korean origin, but then trying to do rewilding in 
in prison. Uh, so, and then we had um, another group, two, two artists, two um, black female artists, again, to look at rest and to take um, black women out into the countryside to find a time for rest and retreat. So as you can see, it's different groups and yeah. to use art in completely yeah, different ways. It wasn't just music. So mine, <laughs> I'm a musician. I was like, music, music video. But then I made a comic with my cousin, Andrew Chiwanuka, um, to try and get that into schools because my the story that hit me is, I was, when we talk about environmentalism, you're like, oh, okay, polar bears, ice caps, sea level rising. It's not going to affect us in mighty London. We've got the Thames barrier. <laughs> We're safe. <laughs> so, and then it just hit me, the story of Ella Kissy Debra, Ella Adu Kissy Debra, the nine-year-old who died because of um, air pollution. And she went to primary school off the South Circular as I went to primary school off the South Circular. So, and it's just, and again, I say this to, to say to other people, I wasn't actually doing Greenpeace marches age five. So it's not like I was doing everything and I've always been this way. Of course, I always thought about it. But the reality is I hadn't thought about it as much as everybody's thinking about it. If we were all thinking about it, we wouldn't have been conned by Volkswagen with the diesel emission scandal. If we were all thinking about all these different things. So for me, it's just different stories where they pop up in your life when they resonate. So it just hit me like a lot of people when in pandemic and it's like, okay, what can I use my art to do something? Let me give this a try. And see where it goes. So it's, it's, it's always fascinating for me, like the, um, yeah, all these stories of the pandemic, like all the, you know, obviously there was a hell of a lot of uh, struggle and grief and all kinds of complexity for so many people. But also in some, in some ways that, 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 that kind of mass disruption, that sort of putting the brakes on, on the machine, <laughs> um, as painful as that was, there are also, things that have started to emerge from that time that probably could never have happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. look, at, look at your work that you're speaking to. Exactly, <laughs> because it just reminded us where we were all, regardless of what you do, everyone always has that pressure of, oh, I've got to make that meeting. Because otherwise, I mean, even if you're a secretary, um, your boss might say, oh, come in early to cover because I've got this big meeting. But then you've got childcare, but then it's your job and it's, you, you know, you had to balance and you're just running around like, like a headless chicken. And um, all then that pressure then filters onto your family because then you've got to ask your, whether it's your neighbours or your family, grandma or something else. And you look at all these different things. Then the pandemic came and says, stop. And then we all stopped and the world didn't actually fall apart. It didn't fall apart. And then, but then we learned, like you said, with the pain and with the grief, it's because it was a deadly virus. It is serious. Um, but then it goes to a show, it highlighted where we were all packed in we're all packed into these trains, these planes, these city centers, these tubes, these everything. And then the world's saying, no, that's not healthy. So now you've got to spread apart to, to stop this. And then it's really interesting, even when you look at the power dynamic, because I remember at the time when it happened in, it was in China and then afterwards, then it was moving to Europe and then it was in Italy. And then people in Europe were saying, oh, wait till it gets to Africa. Wait till it gets to Africa. They don't stand a chance. They've not got the hospitals. They've not got this. Now, I've been to Uganda when there was the Ebola crisis at the time. Um, I had to be there for family reasons. Otherwise, I wouldn't have chosen to be there. But then the difference is, is people respect public health. And it's the thing where they, if there's a public health message and if there's community, people will protect each other. So again, there was the vaccine... There's so many rich people 
Um, Elon Musk bought Twitter for forty-four billion. What? How much does, would it have cost to buy everybody vaccines? It would have cost less than forty-four billion. So at that time, where could have taken ten billion from the richest. In fact, he could have asked his mates. Could have asked all his mates. Said ten billion. Here you go. Everybody gets the gets the vaccine, and then we can decide. This isn't not about dictating to say, okay, right, let's get the vaccine and then push towards this type of world or that type of world. It was like, let's try and get the get the get a vaccine and then let people be in a position where they're healthy. You don't have to split apart families. You don't have to um you're able to care for the people who are more fragile in society. And then we can decide what we're gonna do. But then people said, no, Africa didn't get the vaccines. But it's the the if we look at the death rates, you see black people are dying more in London than they were on the continent of Africa. And it's that sort of thing where it's hopefully it will show this Western European centric view that actually maybe we need to look further afield and listen to other peoples and see how they deal with things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, oh, there's a lot there's a lot there. But I think what some of the things you're saying and that, that I've experienced or witnessed is, again, if you saw the if you saw this pandemic as an as another for me, I, you know, I, I always like to sort of um, keep myself in the in the space of mystery right so like, maybe we don't quite know mm. um, but but we learned a lot and I think a lot of people what you're speaking to is is, is you know and and you you know you've you you've seen this these structures at play but a lot of people for the first time I think started to discover like what sits underneath yeah. this idea of modernity and progress yeah. is actually a hell of a lot of oppression for a lot of people yeah um and that suddenly became very evident when everything stopped. Yeah. <laughs> because we started to see, like, you're speaking to these things, these things playing out. It also springs to mind to me, as you're talking, something I've chatted to a lot of, with a lot, is it feels like um, there's so much conversation we, 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 we might be wanting to have still as a culture about what happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like it's almost I never happened. So. Do you know what I mean? But uh, so yeah. much happened. Yeah. And so much learning and so yeah. much, you know, there would have been a lot of, obviously, a lot of pain, but there would have been a lot of, joy in some ways yeah. we might have figured out collectively like actually what we what we don't want anymore yeah <laughs> Do you know what I mean? exactly um exactly. opening that up yeah but, but it feels again like you know again the, obviously this this culture wants to move so quickly yeah um into the next it's almost forget it you know it's like yeah. because it's because it's uncomfortable or yeah or whatever it might be but so you could because so in that you, because you this project that took you into the you know, for you, you, you went into this through this through this kind of hole into the uh, into air pollution, and yeah. obviously starting to see all of these connections to yeah. to climate, to injustice, to you know climate justice, effectively all the kind of injustices that sit again hidden most of the time yeah. under this idea of what it means to live in a place. I mean, it was funny. It was Paul. And Paul again. He's coming up again, but he. He was talking a bit about, you know, if I if I shut you in the in a room, put an exhaust pipe into that into that room and yeah. turn the car on, I would get nicked and tried for murder. He said, but if I but if you're gonna if your lungs are gonna gradually get diseased by walking around that street there, um, no one with a car is gonna get prosecuted. In fact, they're gonna get protected by really police or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's that's really interesting point because again, and that's why it's these. It's these ways of saying, okay, how can we use our skills to change the frame? Because that's what art is. You can show someone has to live their life um, like this way. But then in art, whether it's a play, whether it's music or video, you can make the make-believe and show somebody 
this is an alternate, you know, this is an alternate universe. You can like show them that. And then that's why it's law. Law is set up. Um, yeah, law is set up in such a way and people can use it just to get more money by suing other people. But then surely you can use it in another way as well. You can you can use it in another way in the same way you can build um um you can build a structure and that structure could be an artwork or it could be a, a home. It's still a structure. It's like what are you what are you doing with it? You just change the way. If you say you're an architect or a sculptor, you just change the different things, but you could be doing the same, the exact same thing. So and I think those are the exciting things. And exactly as you're saying, we've we've kind of we've kind of forgotten that this thing happened and to talk about it. And I think that because there was a lot of trauma and grief that came about it, but then it was also the opportunity to actually spend time with the people we're close to. And then our jobs was taking us away from that. And then we had the time to reflect. And I think a lot of people did. It's whether you like rushing around on the tube or would you rather sort of be at home and, you know, speak to people or enjoy some quality time, whoever surrounds you. Um, and they don't need to be blood relatives. It could just be a randomer on the other side um, of the road who was a randomer, but then now is that thing which we used to call neighbor, you know? <laughs> exactly. So um, It's a fellow human being. Yeah. What are you doing upon hither? Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's all of these things. And then even like my video, Our World Fight for Air, that couldn't have happened if it wasn't for the pandemic. Yeah, because- tell, us, tell, tell the folks a little bit about that. We don't need hyperbole or distractions. Give us the facts, we don't want the factions. We have the people, we have the stories. Show us the pictures, not allegories. More than just a poster. Yeah, so I'll, li- I'll link to it all. But so yeah, yeah, so that, that video, um, again, so what I thought is, how is my area represented, or even South London, or even inner city London? I mean, if, I mean you've, you've lived in London, and then you, but then when you see the news in London, it's always something is happening or there's something at Wembley Stadium, it's the football, or there's Buckingham Palace, or it's really high level. It doesn't talk about the um, the the communities and it's a really blunt thing where you have to ask yourself. And it's the problem is the right wing um, press in the UK, because if you look at the press and just objectively look and say, who owns the big newspapers? What is the, how are the big newspapers funded? Who is it? What do they look like? Are they a certain age? Are they a certain demographic? And if they all turn out to be similar profile, then it's going to skew everything in a certain way. So when you look at London, they will say, oh, London is metropolitan elite, which is the most bizarre thing because I'd love them to come to Lewisham, Lambeth and Southwark and look at the majority and f- try and find these elites, you know? And it's the, um, it's the thing where, if you, again, you look objectively and see where the most deprived boroughs in the country and a lot of them are in London. And then on the one hand, it's metropolitan elites. And then on the other hand, it's, like, it's unsafe because of the stabbing, um, because of, yeah, stabbing and knife crime and everything else. So which one is it? Is it elites or is it like a hellhole? So I thought, and then there's the other thing of, oh, black people, people of color don't get involved in the, envir- in the climate crisis. And it's like, well, maybe sometimes if you're not asking people the right questions or giving them the platform, then you're not going to know what they think. Because I can speak to my neighbors and they're black. I can speak to my family and they're black. And guess what? They do talk about it. And interestingly enough, they might have a more nuanced view of it because with diaspora, and that's the power of something. Again, flip 
narratives, the power of diaspora is they might have family abroad who are experiencing the droughts in East Africa, flooding and hurricanes in um, the Caribbean. They can, it's, they can, they can see all of, all of this happening yeah. and they can report back on and, it. And also, um, I think, you know, have a w way better understanding of, of how we live more in harmony with the living world than, exactly. than most people in this country. Do. Exactly. Because <laughs> we're so separated here. Uh, exactly. Have been for so long. Exactly. So when I'm in um, Uganda, my mum knows how to um, plant um, all these vegetables and things because when they were young, regardless of whether they lived in the city or not, you had to go to the village. Even now, when you go to burial grounds, everyone's burial things are burial grounds are in the village and you still have aunties and cousins and relatives there. So you have to know how to work the land. And even within Baganda, in my tribe, um, we've got 52 clans and the clans, you're all linked to it's not even just an animal. You can, I'm monkey clan, but you can be like grass clan. <laughs> so it's all these different things and you're meant to look after your clan, your different thing. You're meant to look after whether it's a grasshopper, whether it's a lion. Yeah. So, and you're all these different Your kin, things. your family. Yeah. Exa exactly. And there are these things where the, um, again, and when you think linguistically, how in certain languages, the earth is it, and then the other is, is, is she, or, you know, it's not a thing. Um, and, the trees and everything um trees are living they're, they're it's all in it's all interlinked i think they did uh get this right but i think i i said this but even in some native america they, they would see trees as the tree nation yeah it's, you know it's a sort of again, yeah. it's another community yeah of which we're connected to exactly but, but has its own you know intelligence and yeah. often you know in those cultures and they're seen as the elders because they exactly. were they were here before us. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and it's it's um it's a thing. So my grandma planted. So my mum's got an avocado tree. She's got a mango tree. She got a jackfruit tree. My aunt's got a jackfruit tree, and because she she saw the value of that, where and that's that same thing, and it comes back to time because a tree, the avocado avocado trees. Oh, in New Zealand, they were stealing them. So maybe I shouldn't uh, advertise <laughs> this. My mum does not have any avocado trees. Um, uh, but it takes time because avocado trees take seven years to fruit. So the person planting it might not see the fruit, but then you do it for the, um, for the future. So it's all of these things where you're doing this stuff for now to then say, how do you do it for the future? And then in the um, looking backwards, if you look at the older trees and the older things, then it's... Um, you 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 then want to look after and to nurture these so it's that thing where we're custodians we're just here even my success of doing something is based off of the fact that you know you've got ancestors before and right. you want to continue and it's for the people to people to come um so yeah yeah it's beautiful it's like this whole um there's lots in all of this but it's against this sort of shift in this you know this to become um to to work more with humility, right, for who we yeah. are, and to sort of recognise that we're we're not this sort of individual self. We're sort of like you know we're it's all this other life that has brought us to this moment. We're still yeah. entangled with that life, yeah. You know, both human and, and more than human, and yeah. sort of being able to step into this moment. I know it's you know it's hard with you know there's folk, there's a lot of folks that are really struggling on so many levels, and I, yeah. I know sometimes it's hard to even step back and you know have that awareness that you might be part of something bigger that's going on because yeah. you're just trying to you know feed yourself get stuff yeah. done you know what i mean yeah. but but at the same time i often come back to this thing that you know it's looking for all of these 
these these shifts that, that, that the world is sort of, you know, calling on us to go about. And actually some of it just feels just shifts in, you know, awareness and consciousness and yeah. you know what I mean? What it means to what it might mean to be human in this time. And, yeah. And I think that's the challenge. I mean, that's the challenge when I when I look at it, because it is tough. When um when you look back in the nineties, even back in the UK, twenty twelve, where everybody against all expectation, the Olympics were a success because <laughs> Britain, the Team GB won medals. It was it was sunny, the weather was nice, and everyone came together. And even culturally, that had a big play because Danny Boyle talked about the creation of the NHS and Windrush with That's all right. nurses right. coming from. Um, God, when was from, that again? It wasn't that well, long ago, was it? When was that? <laughs> Twenty twelve. It seems like a lifetime. A lifetime. That seems ago. like the last maybe moment where things felt sort of normal exactly exactly and then you saw where yes it was sport but they said look let's bring in all of this culture let's bring in these different stories and these different narratives and everybody everybody loved it everybody loved it and it was uplifting when everyone in society comes together so um but then after that all of these other things um came in so the role i think as an artist if you're going to play that position it's it's the role is to say how can you either uplift people who are busy doing the essential so when the pandemic came and then we suddenly realized the key workers weren't the bankers it's actually yeah. the the carers most of us were irrelevant you know? <laughs> yeah well exactly i was i was thinking oh, i'm pretty irrelevant out here so um yeah well actually no actually that's very true so you look at the key workers and it's to say okay well if they're providing that and the people who really make the world go round by looking after us through care, through nurture, through all of these other different things, even bus drivers, um, they are, if they are the, they're busy trying to look after us, then you've got to say, as an artist and a creative person, you've got two options. Either one, when everything is tough, you're providing them with some type of entertainment so they can take their mind off of things, some escapism, some hope that vision of hope in whatever way where they can just switch off from all the, the terrible things that they have to be, being in a care home and you're seeing all of these, or being in nurse, being in the front line of um, hospitals or being a doctor. So you've got to either provide something where you can reassure to say, oh, look, here's some comfort where you can take time off of what you're doing. Or the other thing is to make yourself relevant to say, how can you make sure we don't end up in this situation? How can we alert people? So then it's the, it's the thing to say, okay, right, now let me go and discover. Because scientists have looked at this thing, whether it's um, um, with global warming, the, the oil companies, they have reports from the 70s talking about it. And even culturally, you go back to um, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? And you look at the song and you look at the lyrics of what that singer, who was an R&B singer, very talented one, but what he was talking about in terms of climate crisis, it's, it's all... It's all there in the album. So you can't say, oh, this is a new thing just in the 2000s. Look, if the simple singers who, you know, they were just there for entertainment could talk about it at that period of time, 50 years ago, why can't we now? That's just willful ignorance. And actually, it's not just willful ignorance. It's, um, it's, it's lying to other people because we can see that the evidence is out there. So now it's the, the challenge is as a... As a um, as a, I say, as a musician, that's what I would say. I'm fundamentally, yeah. is to then and go and find out where this, where these things are, and then to try and bring them to people to say, oh, well, look, here's a bunch of other people. So with my um, video, our world, here's a bunch of Lewisham residents 
who say the, the refrain is do we really care yeah do we really care yeah because we'll fight for our air so people in Lewisham do care about the quality of the air that they're breathing in all of the time. So that was the one thing to say, okay, this is, I'm providing a frame, which is a music video and a song, as opposed to saying, leave your job, leave everything, your family, go stand in line, sign a petition, go to your counselors who might not necessarily listen. Whereas if they see a music video and you can see there's black people there's um south asian people there's southeast asian people there's east asian people there's all of these there's turkish people there's european people there's british people there's all of these different people in the community saying actually we do care about this issue so you can't deny and say oh no these people are too busy just working no i've asked them a specific question and yeah they all wanted to come into the video and that is a thing coming back to with the pandemic that might not have been possible because the pandemic pulled people together and then people had to go to their local shops because they were, whichever country you're in, you couldn't travel that far. Yeah. So then you're forced to then revert back to what we already, what we already had and then bring people in. We live on a life-giving rock called Earth, hurtling through space. How bonkers is that? You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast. Yeah, and I think, and I, and I think, and, and I think, you know, for many of us, that felt good, right? It's exactly. Like, because it's like that's what, that's kind of, you know, that's how we're designed as social beings. Exactly. <laughs> to, to be in relationship with exactly. each other and, and, and stuff. And yeah, I mean, what I love about <clears throat> in that work, and then, and then, and there's this, you know, you've. You've, you've, I mean, you've done, you've explored some, some naughty stuff, right? There was the, there was the sustainable, the social housing yep. project as well. Which, but what I, what I love, you know, again, when I think about, we, you know, we explore this metaphor in the podcast of becoming crew, like stepping in to this yeah. time and trying to participate in these shifts in, in whatever way yeah. is right for you and your gift and your energy. And, but what I love about, like you're speaking to, you know, by doing that to bringing the community around in that place. And being able to sort of manifest something uh, yeah. which speaks to the the big macro problem that we're facing, you know, the complex thing of, of, of climate breakdown, but through the lens of the issue which is really being felt in that place, yeah. toxic air, um, you're able to sort of shift things and make connections and help others maybe in, in other parts of the system, yeah, sort of build that understanding of what what climate breakdown you know what an element of that looks like now today exactly. yeah <laughs> um and i feel like that's again there's no right or wrong to any of this it's just like how can i use my energy in a way and what you're doing what you're weaving through music and creativity is beautiful yeah. because you're 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 able to sort of um show things as well you know what i mean yeah sort of, sort of play back mirror almost a bit of mirroring about what's actually happening in in these places Exa in, in exactly. ways that policy and campaigning and so i think that all of these things are important but yeah. it, but it's just fascinating and as i say then you then i saw the project the that is it home zero is yeah right? yeah, tell, yeah tell us about that yes yeah, so home zero so having um looked at the air, pollu air pollution issue which is not easy to write a song about no. air pollution I was like, oh my goodness, okay, I sort of got away with that. Then was approached by National Gallery X and Nesta, and they wanted to, there was a very specific brief, which was, 
home emissions, so emissions within domestic housing situations, are one of our biggest contributors to greenhouse gases because in the UK especially, a lot of our, well, the whole country is pretty much run on gas um, central heating systems in some shape or form, whether it's um, for gas boilers or gas cooking. So Nesta made it a mission to say, how can we change to have heat pumps, which instead of using gas, you can use either heat from the ground or heat from air and then to then do some fancy engineering to then that's where the tech comes in that's where the (laughs) that's where the tech comes in so they're saying how can we put that into and encourage people to move towards that to then um reduce our greenhouse emissions so they want to do that but then use a collection of the national gallery which is one of the biggest collections in the uk or probably the biggest um, i think and to use that all these different paintings and then to use some sort of artistic intervention to bring this all together. And I looked at that and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> where do you start? With that? Like, where do you start? I don't know much about heat pumps. And then I thought, well, I didn't really partic- personally like the brief. So I said, what's the point in, again, because when you look at climate, if people put it on the homeowner centric individual thing, do you have a car? Because even with air pollution, you notice from my project, I've never, because then it expanded to Lambeth and Southwark, a live and breathe, bigger project. You would then, you realize I never say it's about this individual car owner or that individual car owner. These aren't individual issues. It's about doing the system change. So then people, if people talk about choice, that's the whole point. If you're coming from a capitalist thing, it's about choice. You give people the choice in terms of saying, look, here's public transport, mass transport, which you're pooling everyone's resources and making your life a bit easier. So you've got that choice, it's affordable. Then you can then choose to do your own individual choice on the other hand if you make it so much easier the the group societal option then that helps and that's the whole thing about the nhs you know you pull everything together and everyone in the uk loves the nhs um as long as it's still there and we still protect it so with this it's moving away from saying heat pumps do you have a heat pump do you not have a heat pump because number one they cost money number two you have to own your home so then if you want to reach out to let's say 18 to 35 year olds say okay how can you engage them to bring them into these different institutions to see all the amazing art that's in there how can you talk to them if you're talking about an issue where you're talking to generation rent about a solution which is for homeowners and landlords so i thought can we make this about sustainable social housing so then you can bring people in to say okay what does our social housing look like and how can we push so for all social housing um things to have heat bumps and to be built to that greener standard and then it becomes and that's the thing which i found this all myself just by tackling this air pollution um thing the the point is i i go and i have to think about it that's the whole point of being an artist it's not necessarily you you might have a talent for painting or for singing notes but then you have to put the notes in the order or the words all together for other people for it to help other people i mean you can do it for yourself but then you can also do it for other people which isn't so bad um, so with this is to try and look at the issue, tackle it, and then to put it in an interesting and hopefully uplifting way. Yeah. So with the social housing thing, you then realize all of the things which are then linked in and you're like, people, then, yeah, then you, you, you go and you look at all of the different connected things and you realize people have been living, even if you're not an eco-warrior or green person, you realize people have been living in substandard housing and it's, it's pertinent and painful because we're in West London at the moment. We just got Grenfell just round the corner. So, and it's these type of things where not only are people not 
building things which are sustainable is that they're actually harmful to how you're living. And then indoor air pollution is actually a massive thing. So then if you can make a project where I said, okay, let's have a workshop where I can try and invite a pay, paying the participants age 18 to 35 people of color and then yeah all all um genders um so for them to also learn to say your opinion is worth something so it's not about okay black lives matter well the black people quick let's get the answers and then they're still not only have they poured out their heart they um they haven't got anything off the, off the back of that. It's quite painful. So you say, okay, well, if we're in the capitalist system, let's make sure the people who are providing the solutions, they get remunerated in some shape or form. And then they learn that at least they have some knowledge. Well, you're, you're also, <clears throat> you're signaling a different, a different way of being, aren't you? Which is like exactly. inquiry, community, co-creation. Exactly. Like exploring these things together. Exactly. And we understand that intelligence is everywhere <laughs> in every precisely <laughs> precisely so then you do that and then the workshop so then i brought in some b core architects i brought in um abby jatendra from citizens advice to talk about the cost of livings because how this fits into all of the story and then also um the mission director from nesta then talk a bit more about the heat pumps and then um lisa isanza from galdem who writes about the history of black squatting because there is and how black squatting was used as a it's squatting is a form of activism which is which is necessary otherwise things won't change so you put piece that all together and then off the back of that workshop then it was to do a performance where the i did well i don't know what the order was but after some conversations uh national gallery gave me their three largest rooms i I wanted the biggest room and then they were said they weren't sure and then they said okay we'll give you three so the italian room the uh, the Spanish room and then the British room with the Turners, the Constables and Gainsboroughs. And then for that, then it's about, okay, what do you do in these different things? What's the bonus of this? It's like, okay, there's a great massive space. Then I said, okay, right, let me just make the music. And then let me collaborate with bringing an all black cast. So I had two poets and then two dancers. So um, one Solomon O.B. who stood on the Colston um, plinth when the Colston Mm. statue got pushed over in Bristol. And he's from Bristol. Uh, He was in, he was, is part of the Bristol, in the Bristol community. And then Kieran Rennie, again, talking um, about his experience, those two poets. And then um, Paris Crossley, doing body popping and whacking all the way through the Italian um, uh, gallery. And I had Solomon standing in front of the King of Spain, who's a big slave owner. And then Kieran was in front of um, Raphael painting. And then um, uh, Crystal Lowe in front of the Turners, a black ballet dancer who's Bermudan born, but based in Wales, in Newport in Wales. And again, it's all these different things where you've got these platforms, you can make all these different stories. So with Parrot, um, with um, Crystal, sorry, she was in Newport and then we just did it via video link beforehand because I showed her the space and everything. And it's that same thing where even if we're not talking about diaspora, even within the UK, you can work with people who don't have to be in London, you know, and they don't need to, you don't need to, 
They don't even, yes, you can catch the, you, instead of driving, you can catch a train. But actually, you don't even need to. No, well, the pandemic helped us with that, didn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> There's a thing called Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then that's what we did just round, round the gallery. And it's, it's these innovative. It forces we you to be. We don't need HS2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it forces you to be. It forces you to be innovative. And then based on all, all of that, and it was then talking about having that com- conversation about sustainable social housing. And it's just one of those weird things because surely that makes sense because on economies of scale, if the social housing providers, number one, let's look at what they're actually doing. And if they do it, then instead of trying to get a million homeowners to buy heat pumps, you've got social housing providers buying five million heat pumps straight away. So, and then that makes it cheaper for the million other people. So it's like, even if you say we're in a capitalist system and we want to use it, then why don't we use our nows and say, let's do this to make a better solution. And then when they're talking about our oh, British engineering and so on and so forth and, and global Britain post Brexit, guess what? Build them in the UK and all of these other things. But then when you realize even within the capitalist model, which I'm not a fan of, then they realise they're pushing back on that. Then you realise it's not capitalism, it must be something else. There has to be something else, so it's not working within that. So it's, again, it's, and it's like we're Paul using the law, where it's like, okay, well, let's do this through the law. Yeah. And then you realise, oh, it's not about the law. Mm. It's about something else. Then at least tell us what that something else is and put it into the open. And then it's not about me as an individual or an artist or musician or whatever saying. It's about showing the widest, the widest cross-section of society as possible. This is what's happening. And then society comes back and then it says, okay, this is our path. In the same way, I didn't like Brexit. But as society, we decided apparently, <laughs> in whatever shape or form, we decided. So it's like, yeah, yeah now let's, let's suck yeah. it up. But, 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 but it's on it that up, though, yeah. I don't want to get into Brexit, but, 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 oh, yeah, but, but, yeah. but on <laughs> that worry, though, I'm just yeah. imagining, because what you're doing, I mean, what I think is so brilliant about that story you've just shared and that project, you know, you got approached, you know, uh, this issue of heat pumps and gas and you know how do we how do we kind of reduce emissions in housing yeah and look where you ended up right yeah. what came through that process yeah and i'm imagine i mean you know i've seen the the, the film of in the galleries yeah. and stuff and I'll, I'll link to it all but extraordinary and you just think like but like you say you're you're opening something up that is really complex there's loads of stories that sit underneath that story of kind yeah. of like oh how are we gonna reduce emissions in houses right and then you've gone <laughs> It's a, it's a lot more complex than that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's all these power dynamics at play and all these relations at play. And yet through music and performance and the way that you've gathered people around this question, you've kind of opened up a whole... I mean, the learning feels like it was immense, you know, in yeah. terms... Of, and so what I love about this and... You know, again, when we think of all, like, you know, we could say the Brexit thing, but imagine if Brexit had used an approach like that, where it allowed yeah. people to sort of explore these questions yeah. in community 
yeah. before we make these decisions. Precisely. <laughs> you know I mean? Precisely. Because all of, all of these things is it's never about, I mean, even within families, different people in your family, they still have different views. And right. I think that's what we've lost. The fact that you should be able to disagree with other people. As long as you're not actively harming people, right. people can hold different things. Um, I love Nas, the rapper. My sister loved Jay-Z. And that, actually, music back in the day, you always you used to like one thing or the other. It was yeah. Blur or Oasis. Yeah. And, and that was the thing. You, you, had your own, you had your own thing. Beatles, Rolling Stones or whatever the thing was. You, you had your own thing. And it's fine because everyone is an individual, but then you can coexist because you know what binds you together is what's more important than some of these other right. superficial right. things. And then you can start. And then it's all these different tricks where one of your um, original, um, at the beginning, you were just talking and saying, it seems quite rare. Now, I must admit, it is rare. And it surprises me that um, for a number of reasons why more artists um, don't do it, even if you're going to, say, musician, pop musicians. And you, you wonder why more more don't do this. So instead of, for myself, instead of, um, and I can understand why, because again, it shouldn't just be on the responsibility of a musician or artist. Some just want to make music about whatever their, sure. is, whatever their issues is. There's so many massive issues here. For instance, um, women's rights, gender equality, gender parity, payment parity. So you can't tell someone who's bat trying to battle this thing, which is ridiculous. Oh, now you need to be doing air pollution in Lewisham when they've you know, there, there's so many yeah. different things and we can have multiple voices doing different things. Um, so it does surprise me, but as an individual where I am, where it's like play to your strengths, is if I can get into these different places, I can show it's possible. I can approach all these things. And then guess what? This is the biggest learning of them all. Going to the National Gallery, it was brilliant and they were brilliant because they let us do that and they didn't need to. So, and that is biggest gallery in the uk so then you have to then you can go to the other galleries and say wait why are you not doing all of this stuff so then it's the sort of thing to say look they gave it a go and it was a different audience that came through it was a big audience it was a different audience and then you had other people coming in to then talk about art talk about the role of culture and everything so in the same way um you might have there are certain things which you need to get rid of and certain things were got rid of in in the past henry the eighth got rid of the catholic church to bring in church of england so if the king of england isn't the most or britain isn't the most british thing then i don't know what is so again you look at it it's like these things can change these things can definitely change so then when you look at in different spaces where we have all of um all of these different spaces and say what is the power of yes we can talk about um we can talk about, let's say, slavery and how money was obtained to get these spaces. And yeah, you can still do all of that work. You can still do all of that work. But then whilst we're here, especially if we're talking about the green, the green um, economy, we can't just knock down buildings we're not happy with. We can't just knock them down. We've, because then we'd have to build new buildings. Right. But we can open them up and then make more people feel comfortable of coming in there. And then it's a place where we can meet other people. It's about meeting people that we wouldn't, necessarily meet all the time because yeah. i don't want to talk to the same people yeah. and we just sit around and go oh i agree i yeah. agree too. i agree well it's, it's it's kind of like um the way i'm sort of sensing into the world is this you know i i came from a i came from a music background i was a i was a, a dj back in the late 80s 90s and i'm really always been interested in remix culture you know and for me that's the spirit of these times that we're being called to do is whether it's buildings to reimagine them or repurpose them yeah. or the relationships that we might 
um, you know, believe, you know, the, what, what is this space for? And we have a story in our heads of what it might have been, you know, but again, yeah. how can we reimagine these spaces or um, how do we bring different people in to re-explore these relationships together? Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and actually, we're trying to find new new ways of, um, yeah, being in relationship with each other, with with the world around us, you know. And yeah. so I think there's something really, for me, that idea of, yeah, sort of remixing and sort of reimagining and and trying these different kind of, you know, combinations and experiments that allow new kind of energies to emerge and new types yeah. of relationships to emerge between people. Exactly. And remix, that's the whole point because, again, remixing, it took a producer or a DJ to pick something that somebody else didn't know and then to say now i'm presenting it to the audience and then suddenly oh you like it now you re- you really like yeah, it right. now and it's that it's you just it's that something thing. yeah you just shift it it's just even where where you think it happens culturally and look how rich that is i mean we're not just all eating fish and chips you know or just having like boiled potato <laughs> it's a thing where someone was like oh, okay chicken tikka masala how yeah. do i change something for the yeah, for the taste buds or something how do i just change the thing yeah. and then suddenly it's really popular and then the point there is is it's not about bashing everything that because again you can bash everything that you don't like or you can provide opportunities so that people can find something they do like yeah and i think that is that is the difference so if we were talking about with um with it, let's say with cancel culture it's a thing where you can cancel somebody and it's not necessarily about if you're cancelling someone you don't agree with but you have to ask are these other voices that we should be hearing from are they being uplifted and i think that's where the work needs to be where yeah. we're uplifting other voices where people have practical concerns so if i go back to air pollution and then you wonder around schools should people should young children where it affects them the most should they be suffering from um air pollution and 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 the like from car exhaust and then until you speak to parents and then the parents say this is why i have a petrol car number one um yeah this is why i have a petrol car or this type of car because this is what i can afford and then also the school system says that i have to drop my child off at 8 20 and then my work starts at yeah. 8 30 and guess what the school system shows that these two siblings can't even be in the same school so i need to zip around and drop them off then you sort of wonder, why is work nine to five? Yeah. Why is the school system like this? And why is it, why is it not aligned? Yeah. And then why is it, how does this sort of, how does this make, how does yeah. it make sense? Do we have enough schools that people can walk to school? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that a, that same parent does not want to go through the whole palaver of strapping their child into this metal box every single morning. That's just stressful. So you look at all of these things and then it's, then you can understand but then if you had that same mother or father parent carer or whatever if you had them then talking about policy then you would understand this is what's going this is what's going on you're listening to the spaceship earth podcast with my dad dan burgess Yeah, I mean, it's God. There's a lot. There's a lot in all of this, but we're, it's. I mean, I feel like we're, you know, we're, we're stuck as a, <laughs> as a, as a, as a cult, a society, whatever we want to call it, in yeah. this modern sort of place that we find ourselves in. There's a lot of stuckness in terms of, you know, how to, what to evolve, where to go, you know, because it's we've built a very complex system based on kind of speed and 
and the fact that most of it actually runs on death in some way. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, whether it's whether it's you know the, everything that's kind of having to be for this kind of slick modern existence to 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 happen. There's yeah. a hell of a lot of stuff you know that we're starting to see and understand. But but I think one of the maybe one of the not the answer, but one of the way forward is is this. We need more diversity of everything, right? Yeah. Of of ideas, of the ways that we organise. Like you took with schools, and you know, you know exactly that. Like why why are why are kids even being put in a room for nine hours every day? Yeah. You know, why why is everyone doing it at the same time? Like you say, yeah. like why are them parents having to? You know, I mean, it's just it's insane, really. Yeah. What yeah. what we feel, what we call normal life. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's the overwhelm in that, or there's I think to what you know you're trying to do as well is that if we can. We can allow ourselves ways to sort of step back and see what's sitting under all of these things, yeah, and then involve more more of us in in how do we sort of step into something new. Yeah, it's extraordinary what is possible, right? But when we allow yeah. it all to be sort of done in this command and control <laughs> yeah. centralized way, yeah. I voted for that person. Yeah, and come yeah, on, yeah. get it done for me. You know, yeah, yeah. that's such a broken. Yeah, you know, and I know that's massive, but um, it's making me think because I'm. We, I, I've got a feeling that you and I could talk for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Um, I'd love to get into into music, yes. right? Because you know, I, I mean, I came across. I think I first came across you. It, it was. I think it was. It was. It might have been twenty twenty. Your find another way. Oh, song, amazing! I think. I think that's when I first came across you, and then I and then I came across you again. I think specifically, I think when when Earth Percent was yeah sort of coming sort of emerging yeah. Um, but I've subsequently dug into your music, and you've made a lot of music. <laughs> I have, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so I'd love to, I'd love to just, you know, and I've, and you know, the music I've listened to. I mean, for me, there's a, there's a, there's a lot in, there's a, it feels to me, there's a lot of energy in your, there's, a, there's actually a lot of, there's a lot of insight, there's a lot of intention. It feels to me, it, you know, you talked to earlier about, you know, obviously we're as artists, we're, we're working with what is makes us alive, right, and, yeah. and what is it? But it feels like there's always at least what what i can sort of sense listening to your stuff is there is uh yeah there's um there's a lot of curiosity but there's also you know you've got you you you're working a lot it feels with a lot of the edges that are out there yeah and not in a and in, in a in a beautiful way yeah. you know uh, uh, to try and uh, that's what it feels like to me anyway but yeah but i'd love to dig into a bit of your music And then also speak to the the um, the Earth Percent work, and then we can maybe we can close with the Philharmonia work because I know that's oh, the, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, but, yeah. I, but I would love to yeah if you could tell us a bit about that and particularly I guess also as you've you as the Earth Percent is is starting to to grow, yeah. I'd love to also get a sense from you like to that question we asked. Do you get a sense that more more um, music artists are really starting to understand what's coming down the line and and how that tension because i know there's so much tension in yeah. art and creativity right yeah. it's like you know there's this whole idea of well i perform my music and create my art because it's my thing yeah 
and I'm not sure I want to sort of we're in a very... We, we've never been in this position before as a species, so it's, it's not yeah. really a nice to have. Exactly. <laughs> and I'd argue it's potentially the most creative place as well. But I'd love to just Com- know a bit about yeah, your, your, your musical... Yeah. You know. Oh, no, thanks, because that's great, because the thing is, I, I love music. Some of my stuff is just a rebellion in the sense where I know I can be stubborn and there's some people out there who aren't stubborn. And my general, like my general feeling is talent can come and wisdom can come from everywhere. And that's my, that's my base level. That's why I go, yesterday I was in Migration Museum with Sita Brahmachari, an author, um, and then her illustrator, Nashi Sira, because I'm with secondary schools in from Lewisham. And the reason there is because you have to go out and reach these people. Because if I look and I just put on, um, whether it's a streaming thing or radio, and if I feel right now, especially in the UK, UK is, is a special special place. Um, Lon- London's very special as well, just because it's so diverse. But if I feel the music isn't reflected or the cultural thing is, we're not finding, we've got these problems. Who are the people, whether they like it or not, who are the people to shift things forward? When when there was the apartheid movement, it was a free Nelson Man, free Nelson Mandela. You had a song, free Nelson Mandela. You had everything like that, and you had all people coming um, coming forward. You had um, in South Africa across where you look people, whether it was South Asian, whether it was um, the African, the Black um, Africans, the Indigenous people, or whether it was the Jewish people. You see, and you look at the apartheid movement. You look at the African National Congress. You had everybody um, coming together but now if you can't see that then my thing is we need to go and encourage people to say take up the arts because it might be a painting it might be a meal it might be something we need something other than what the status what the status quo is doing now to get us out of this funk and for that that's why don't marginalize feed the school kids don't marginalize it because it might be that person you look at einstein he wasn't from the aristocracy or you look at whoever these different people are and you really need to give people courage so for myself I know I'm stubborn and it was a thing where I felt in the major label system and how everything where the independence I mean you must have seen the independence have dropped because before the independence people wanted to be on the the things and when you look at our well most amazing uh labels when you look at factory records or something like that you're like this is around the whole Manchester thing it's like that is timeless that's a big big change and it's like where is that now so it's difficult because it's shifted to the the major label thing but then that can't stop people from getting their music out and if you're thinking long term a bigger thing if i make the music people will hopefully discover it people will hopefully discover it and then if i can persevere then hopefully then that makes it easier um for other people to then come through and to say look there is a value behind this I, like I said I studied quite a lot and it was engineering and when you get to a stage where now society their messages being saying don't do art go to cyber by people who didn't even do science and engineering to the level that I did it and they're in government and they're talking this nonsense so it's that thing to again to come by um providing hope and I do feel music especially now you've got to think as an artist what are you then doing now you can stream everything. You can't just be the fake Spice Girls because with the same click, you can do the real Spice Girls. You can't be the fake Beatles. You can't be the fake Destiny's Child because it'll take 
Destiny's Child six months or, or Beyonce. This is when you know you're getting old when your references are like, <laughs> young people are going to be like, who are these people? But stream them. You can go and find them. Um, you can't just copy because back in those days, it will take them six months to then the Strokes or whoever to then come over. So you could just copy them quickly. You can't do that. So you've got to be talking about the time. Even when you look at paintings, you go into the National Gallery, in some way, Turner was talking about the time because he's got steam engine in there. He couldn't have painted that 200 years before. And then it's the other thing is, are we document? At least you can, and that's why I loved hip hop and rap and everything else because it documents the time that's around. So if we're here now, how can we not be documenting the time? How can we not be showing something? So even when I listen to some of my previous songs it's really interesting because i'm thinking what was it like in 2016 is that like, oh, okay that's what i was thinking and even as yourself you grow and you progress um so it's just a matter where and for me i don't blame the people who are in their jobs in the cultural sector across the uk where it's now getting slashed i do think there's a responsibility where i think let's say arts council who cut so much money um the board they should have resigned like resign don't take the check if you can't face if you can't go out and publicly defend it just resign um jeremy hunt who's now the chancellor he cut 30 percent of the arts funding in 2010 i talked about 2012 but sometimes you need responsibility if you do something it's going to make a difference down the line when um when you're talking about saying you got neurodiverse mind if where school is so i was lucky i was good at school okay at school well good at school because i could memorize and that's all it is but then how do you then say to young children, how can you provide something, a different way for someone to express themselves? It might not be um, with the English language syllabus. It might be through music. It might be through singing. It might be through painting. And we need all of that um, because I think that will get us out. But we also need to encourage other people. So then that's why I was like, let me pile on. I don't care what anyone else says. I'm stubborn. I'm going to write this music. And in terms of, on the big scale, we need to think about how people are getting paid just because it doesn't, it, capitalism is broken. Again, it doesn't work. It doesn't pay to go to work across the globe. So that's another issue. But in the interim, I'm like, let me continue making my music and seeing where it takes me. And then by making music and then people can look back and say, oh, this is interesting. So they might come across, find another way, which again, that was again spurred on by our world. I felt, okay, let me make something of the time with the video just to show young, this is what, it's not Black Lives Matter was supported by all different types of people. And that's where it helped. It's not about just black people saying that and then it become oppression from one minority. That's not the answer. Uh, it's not trying to flip to say, okay, you oppressed us. Now we want to be in power. Yeah. It's about everyone coming together. So there was, and it, as an artist, you need to do that. You need to work through your art. And then you then get these opportunities that then other people can then see, oh, actually, yeah, no, you are a musician, come and you want to do something in our art gallery, come and do something over there. And we know the music's going to be interesting or of a standard. Come and have fun. And then that leads me on to these other things. And then with the Philharmonia um, Artists in Residence, this is another thing where it's, I guess, my career, and just like with anybody, sometimes it's who doesn't give you the opportunities which then shapes the opportunities which mm. you then go and get so and that's in the classical world um and they said yeah you've got an opportunity to work with our musician world-class musicians and as a musician where i used to 
read as a fan you'd read the liner notes you'd say oh my god who was in james brown's band who's this person who's like maceo parker who's bootsy collins oh my goodness bootsy collins is then doing like this thing with bad bad not good you're like oh my goodness how does this stretch all of these different things jake um jake collier's with quincy jones and, you, and quincy jones did the thing with franks and you look at all of these and it goes back to nature where you see branches and roots and everything like right. that and um Beautiful. and then it's and then in the midst of all of this, again, based because I was still making my music, I was still persevering. And then that's when Earth Percent sort of pops up. <laughs> yeah, well, because I mean, I've talked about Earth Percent a, a fair bit on the show, but people, just remind people like, yeah, and your, your journey into it, but just and where it's at and what it's trying to do. And Yeah, so Earth Percent, it's really interesting. So like I said, I studied um, engineering at university um, for a long time um, and even did like research. Um, into lasers, which makes people laugh. Lasers, not laser disco. <laughs> lasers, it was serious. Um, and then again, where things take time, one of the first meetings that my um, my old publisher um, set me up with was someone called Adam Callan. And then seven years passed, and then Adam then hit me up. He's like, oh, you did science, and then you do music, and um, yeah, there's a thing we're trying to bring together and it's to do with the environment. And obviously you can speak to the music creative side, but then maybe even the science side, because there is a science element to climate crisis and looking at that. And um, and Brian uh, likes what you do. And I'm like, who's Brian? He's like, <laughs> Brian Eno. And I was like, How, this, he's not heard my music, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? And he's like, look, he's bringing people together. Do you want to, um, yeah, to see how the music industry as a creative industry can give back to the planet? And um, because we, all of our success in whichever shape or form is through extraction. Yeah, of we can't exist things. without the earth. <laughs> exactly. So if we're happy to take um, the profits, then we should also use that to then figure out a better way. Whilst So whilst we're looking for solutions, but then also to try and, mitigate some, some some of these things and then it happened again during the pandemic so it was when I got involved to join um, the committee and it just involved some zooms with some amazing people with the co-founders and looking broadly to say oh are there music lawyers are there managers are there people from major labels from the independent labels are there um, trying to get some artist voices and artists in different way are there different voices from um, different groups and ages and trying to look um, in terms of not just UK, but a broader, more global thing. And the idea behind Earth Percent is to, within a period of time, to try and get 100 million from the music industry to then go towards, um, go towards climate litigation. Um, and there, there are different strands, which you'll see on the, yeah. on the, web, on the website, and di different things. So schemes in terms of how do we improve our own practices whether it's um, with uh, in festivals or the infrastructure, also litigation to then say, how do we put structures in, in terms of policy? And then also for artists, because some who want to make an air pollution song, good. But then others who don't and say, I don't have time to to look to see yeah, what to we other to things weave are. it into my music. E exactly. But, but I'm happy to give you a percent or precisely. And this is like a nominal thing because the the main aim is to go to the big industries and say, so it's, it's just it could be one percent of whether it's your touring or publishing. It's just like a small thing. But then when you look at it and from touring you can give a live agent ten percent. So if you're giving the earth one percent, it's 
already if if you've got an industry which is fine for commission to be taken off then it's just that interesting um issue but then the main point is to then go to the main power brokers and then say look we've got all these different artists who are contributing in whatever way and even if they can't give a percentage there's a there was a band camp campaign around uh earth day yeah, last that. year bought, yeah bought a load of that stuff well ex- yeah. exactly so That's it's good. to see what other ways can people use their voice and one of there's so many great people who are involved um in it but then for myself per- personally given I, i've got a song called stop making sense <laughs> stop making sense um, it's a bit wild to then to speak to Brian Eno where you think just even from a aside from music and because yeah he's done music and then gone into visual arts now I'm going more more into visual whatever multidisciplinary thing but just to speak to somebody who's still got that energy and that sort of the curiosity and the hunger to say look I could be on a beach somewhere else where he doesn't need to write another song um, he doesn't need to make any more art he doesn't need to do anything but it's a genuine passion to say i'm still curious how can we leave the world in a better way and to use the platforms we've got how can we do that to actually make a difference and for me and i hope for anybody else who might be say struggling or feel like they're producing a lot of music or doing a lot in their work whether it's writing book making a podcast or trying to set up a nursery it's fascinating to see that it's possible to not lose that hunger you know, to not lose that curiosity and to not lose that hope. Yeah. And that's the exciting thing. Yeah, it is. And, it, and it's, a, again, it's that sort of, it's expanding. Um, and what's, Brian is, is it, speaks it doesn't he is it the i mean is it the long here and the long now i can't remember what the, the phrase yeah. he uses but that expansive view of yeah. time and look you know we're operating right here in this in this now in this moment yeah. but like you say we we you know if we're able to put some of that long time long-term thinking yeah into our work today like you say whether it's how we are with children whether it's yeah. like you know how we're thinking about the food or yeah through our art, I think that's where this can really start to come alive, doesn't it? Because yeah. it, it brings us back to that point, like, we are here, we're part of this evolutionary story, we're in a lot of trouble right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and and what does it take just to sort of expand the heart a bit and just to sort of, it's not stopping what we're doing, it's just kind of doing it in a slightly different way, do you know what I mean? I love that, expand the heart. I think that's the main thing, because again, with some, some of this um, fear, it makes it um, it makes it easier if you can show that other people are doing this, and it's to provide so it's safe. You're not the first person over the parapet, and then this is the really exciting thing for myself where I'm showing it's the different orchestras um, like Philharmonia who I'm working with, well, whether it's National Gallery, whether it's Philharmonia at Royal Festival Hall, they really enjoy it because you've come with your own catalogue of what you're doing and then they can see and then when they can see it's a bigger system and then then when we get to the tipping point when all artists are saying actually let's use our skill musically whether I play the violin the oboe the timpani and just by playing you don't have to say I'm making a specific I've got the answer this is what I'm doing just by playing or being part of something in terms of creating something new um, it's really exciting and that's what we need because audiences you've got to be realistic people 
I think too much money went into mu- the music industry in terms of how much tickets cost based on what, how much people were earning. And then if it becomes too exclusive, then who's really going to, what way can people enjoy this? And can it reach the people that you really need to? Yeah. So then if you find, then if you can bring something which is new and then it's going to attract other people, you have to work harder as an artist or an institution or something. You have to work harder. But then it's so much fun and it's so interesting where it's like, let's have, because that's another thing with Earth Percent or, um, and again, with Earth Percent, there's so many other, so Earth Percent is trying to make, a mechanism to set up so you can distribute to all these other different groups. It's not about stand. It's working in collaboration rather than standing on the the toes of other people. And then if the if it was fashionable and if it was the clever logistical thing to say, actually, we're automatically going to give this money and put because this is where we live. We live in a world which is a capitalist world, so we need to put real money behind some of these different things. Um, because the other people on the other side, they're putting real money in terms of creating TV stations, yeah. creating all of this other thing. So it's like on this other side, we can't just make a couple songs like mine and pat myself on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs heavy, heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once if that's all in place, then you wouldn't need enough percent. So yeah. that's the main thing. I think all charities, this is just my own thinking, all charities should try and aim to work themselves out of existence. Because mm-hmm. then that's when you've made the you've made the shift. And I think it is the power, if you bring people together and you can show there's a power of music and creativity. And I think it definitely 100% is changing because I'm seeing it in all of the commissions which I'm now getting, whether it's from Kew Gardens, whether it's from South Bank Centre, whether it's from wherever, um, they're all thinking, how can we amplify, how can we amplify what people are worried about? And they're worried about the climate because it was 40 degree heat last year. Yeah, right. In London. Right. Right. You know? And, and uh, I mean, it brings us you know, maybe maybe this is where we we we, we think about um, coming to a close because I, although I could quite happily talk all afternoon, but uh, <laughs> you got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. But um, but this whole idea, you know, this you know, back to back to art, back to creativity, back to culture, and you know, you know, my my own journeying over the last two decades along these different strands of of what we're sort of facing into and. You know, I see, you know, I always see the, you know, I understand the fear that a lot of people have. And I feel, again, we've been part of, again, a story that has told us, you know, the capitalism story, which you spoke so well to, and where we maximized everything way beyond what it should have been, you know, all became about yeah. money, monetization. Like we've, we know, we, we've, we don't have that space anymore anywhere for the experimentation, the play, yeah. the, the community, the connection, the stuff that doesn't doesn't matter if there's any money involved but because yeah. the systems have 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 been built around us now that are so extractive on every on every front um you know we're there's there, you know there's a, we've, we've got to let go of things as well yeah. as step into this new stuff so yeah. i think um I, th- I feel like all of creativity and culture and arts and i know there's a lot going on on the ground there's a lot of um, amazing stuff happening but i just feel like yeah, just encouraging more people who are in these spaces just to step in now and, and follow Definitely. that, follow what their heart's telling them because I'm sure everyone's feeling it, you know? Exactly, you Definitely. Know? And it's And the one thing I could say is I have actually found it personally liberating and that's what I want to pass on to other creative people who might be reticent or hesitant um, or even commissioners or curators who have the space. 
don't worry about what's going on. Just look at the space, look what you have to offer and yeah. then realize it can make a massive difference yeah. to someone who hasn't been let into the door. But I found it so heartwarming just because um, it feels like with climate, because it affects the whole planet, the solution has to come from the whole planet. Right. So it is something which has to bring everyone together yeah. to find a real solution. It can't just be UK is climate, whatever it is, or Uganda is climate, whatever it is. It requires the whole planet. And I think that is the thing when we finally realize power in numbers, this is something we care about. And we care about whether we've got a healthy planet, right. fresh air. And that's the power of where we can get to. And that's the hope and optimism what we should be looking at right beautiful and so last uh, thing i can see i can see dan hovering outside wanting to get back wanting to get back into his room <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um but i guess um we you know we 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 we, we sort of have this the, you know again this 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 invitation to step into service on this podcast becoming crew like getting getting involved to bring life back right and uh I just wonder whether there was a an invitation or a provocation or a, or an experiment that you might sort of invite listeners or whoever to play with, knowing what you know about the work you're doing and knowing what you know about what where we've got to get to quite quickly. You know, is there anything you could leave listeners with? Just a, an invitation to sort of to, to to step in and play. Yeah, one thing which is I always say, what's a low low energy thing, um, a very easy thing to do, and I think. One of the things which we've seen is if you are able to and you've got a bank um, account, try and move to a bank which doesn't invest in fossil fuels. And there are quite a few great banks out there that don't invest in fossil fuels. And that will make a big difference. And that doesn't change. That won't change your day-to-day -day life. And, but that makes a massive, massive difference. So that's a really practical um, thing that you can do because some things have to be quite easy to do. And then on the other hand, um, the other something more courageous, something more, something more courageous is, I would say, talk about talk about these issues. So if you see people investigate, so if you see an insulate Britain, so when I did the, um, um, and I'll keep this brief, but when I started the the commission at the National Gallery, when we're talking about social housing, sustainable social housing. That was before the cost of living was just bubbling up and people having a go at the Insulate Britain people for being in the road. But then now look at the cost of, uh, the cost of fuel. Fossil fuels are genuinely um, like killing us and we can't afford it. We can't, the cost is too much. So I would say really push, looking to see whether um, if there are... Don't wind. shoot the messenger. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then also look at these things and say, look, if there's green energy, can that actually help? Can that actually help? And then if these things are happening, make noise about it. Talk about it around the kitchen table. If it's inter be intergenerational, talk to your kids, talk to your little nieces, cousins or whatever. Talk about these things and to show them that actually there are loads of people in the older generation that care about it. Talk to see what's happening. And then you've got to push and stop voting for for politicians who genuinely aren't going to help you on the cost of living, they're not going to help you and they're not going to help you on the transition to get out of this hole. Look at what you loved and to make sure, don't excuse, don't excuse these people. Don't, we, can't have, we can't have been in this mess for so long and then realise it will take a lot of effort. So support people. If someone's got a climate play or something like that, then maybe go and see the climate play. Don't go and see the Shakespeare thing, which has been seen a million times. And Shakespeare doesn't need the royalties. So. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, support, <laughs> so yeah, support the edges. Support yeah, the edges. Support the edges. Yeah. yeah. Love that. So uh, thank you so much for uh, 
for this conversation. Oh, oh, thank there's, you, there's, Dan. There's, 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 we could keep going. We, yeah. we'll, we'll do another one down the line. But um, and just just quickly, I mean, I'll link to everything. But anything you anything coming up that you want to pay attention to, or, or we should be. I mean, obviously, there's the Philharmonia work, and yeah, I've got um. A performance with Philharmonia Royal Festival um, Hall in the Claw Ballroom on the 8th of June. So that's 8th of June. That'll be 2023, obviously. But then if if not, then just, yeah, follow me on social media, love at lovesega, L-O-V-E-S-E-G-A, which will all be there. And and support, yeah, just look at all your climate um, and green groups and just try and support everybody. It doesn't have to be Earth Percent. Support whoever you can. Yeah. I guess whoever you connect with, right? That's 100%. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sega. Cheers. If you've appreciated listening to this podcast, would you consider sharing it with a friend? or leaving us a rating or review via your podcast provider. It helps more people to find us and we'd be most grateful. So I hope you enjoyed uh, that conversation with Love Sega. What a human, huh? Uh, top, top crew on Spaceship Earth. If you did enjoy that, could you maybe potentially share it with someone or give us a cheeky review or give us a little bit of feedback, a bit of cheeky commentary on, uh, you know, mailers or drop us a message into Instagram that would be uh that would be marvelous we're at the spaceship.earth and uh also you could sign up for our our newsletter our writing and our updates on all things uh, becoming crew at becomingcrew.substack.com um it'd be lovely to hear from you so i'm going to play out with a track by love sega of course um this is uh, a song called capes for blue skies um it's, I think, I'm pretty sure this is a riff on A Clean Air Future, uh, which is from uh, Sega's collaboration with the Philharmonia Orchestra that uh, he spoke to in the episode. I absolutely love this song. It's been stuck in my head for weeks. There's just so much kind of beauty in it. It's just a fascinating arrangement. Um, and so I suggest you play it loud and play it often. So thanks for listening. Look after yourself out there and uh, make sure you are regularly entangling yourself with the more than human crew, our more than human family around you. Um, Until next time, peace and out. This podcast is created in service to life for you. It takes time, funds and energy to make. If you'd like to contribute to the running costs, you can donate the price of a cuppa or a pint. Find the link on our website. This podcast wouldn't exist without the following crew. Charlie Shred, Audio Jedi. Seaman Home Burgess, Engine Room. Willow Burgess, Jingles.